0: This week on the Chicago Bears Review, with a national TV audience watching, our beloved took on the San Diego Chargers on Monday Night Football, looking to end a disappointing two-game skid and finish off the first half of the schedule on a positive note. Did the Bears catch lightning in a bottle, or did the Chargers blow us away? All of this plus Bear Up and Bear Down on the Week 9 Review episode of... The Chicago Bears Review. With the ninth week of the season and the eighth game of the year in the books. The 2015 campaign has officially reached the halfway point, and the Bears did it in style with a clutch fourth-quarter victory over the San Diego Chargers. What's going on, everybody? Larity back, the week number nine review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And once again, an AFC West opponent comes up, and we knock him down, 3-0 against the AFC West so far this year, and it is a victory episode of the Chicago Bears review we always like when we get to do these kinds of episodes and even though all three of our victories have been down to the wire finishes where you're on the edge of your seat those are always the most fun especially when you come out on top because then all of that nervousness you know the sitting there with your butthole all clenched up and everything and and everything works out then everything is cool and you can sleep well and you're happy and all that kind of stuff, you know, the drinks are on me and blah 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Now, if only if only we could have held on against Detroit and Minnesota, we'd be 5 and 3 instead of 3 and 5. We'd be 2 and 1 in our division instead of 0 oh and 3 and we'd be a freaking playoff team right now. I mean, what about that, guys? We would have been 5 and 3 if we wouldn't have had those collapses against Minnesota and Detroit. Uh, in games that we both we played well enough to win and also bad enough to lose. So of course we got the, the bad result in those football games um, just because we made mistakes that cost us dearly. That kind of seems to be the tail of the tapes, you know, something that the bears need to clean up a little bit. And we, we, we did a little bit of that last night uh, as well. We had some some mishaps, some things go against us, some some self-inflicted wounds. Uh, in there, uh, Cutler's pick six in the second quarter, which we'll talk about here uh, in a minute. Uh, Robbie Gold's two missed field goals; he's missed three in a row now, dating back to the the 51-yarder that uh, he adjusted for the wind, and then the wind didn't uh, the wind didn't help him out at all. But uh, you know, Robbie Gold's on us. You know, on a, on a rare slump. Uh, the pick six, you know, the Bears giving away free points again. Uh, the defense stepping up and playing well and, in again, really clamping down in the second half. Only allowed three points uh, in the second half. An outstanding job for the defense, especially when it counted towards the end of the, uh, of the football game. But, you know, we had personal fouls, uh, you know, uh, last night and, uh, you know, just other things in there. Like I said, the self-inflicted wounds that, you know, two steps forward or one step forward, two steps back uh, at times last night, especially since, once again, the Bears did an outstanding job moving the football up and down the field until, of course, we got into the red zone territory. But then in the fourth quarter, we finally figured it out. I'll recap all of this in the uh, knee-jerk reactions. But, um, you know, again, you know, hindsight being twenty-twenty. Getting to play the what-if game and everything right now, what should be happening is the Bears should be on a five-game winning streak. Uh, you know, uh, tied or behind or ahead of the Vikings at this. The Vikings are six and two, so if we had beaten them, we'd be five and three. We'd be in second place, one game behind the Packers, who are six and two because they've lost two straight against Denver and Carolina uh, the last two weeks, going into a tough road game. Uh, against the four and four uh, St. Louis Cardinals or Cardinals St. Louis Rams uh, on Sunday uh, in a game that I'm very much looking forward to because uh, you know I'm I'm interested and I'm also scared as hell at the same time. Uh, we'll get into this a bit more in depth in the preview show later this week, but you know I'm excited because and I'm and I'm scared at the same time because the Rams and I've you know I've guys said this a few times before. The most schizophrenic team in the NFL. Uh, we don't know which team we're going to get until we get them. You know what I mean? Are we going to get the Hellraisers that destroyed uh, Russell Wilson in Week One? Uh, are we going to get the ones that got their asses stomped by Washington a week later? Are we going to get that team that couldn't beat, uh, you know, a, a team that uh, that lost Ben Roethlisberger in like the first quarter and couldn't manage to beat a Mike Vick-led Pittsburgh Steelers squad at home? Or are we going to get the team that went into Arizona and beat the crap out of the Cardinals? So, you know, which one of these teams is going to show up on Sunday? That's why I'm excited and scared at the same time, because I think the Bears are either going to win a close one or the Rams are going to run us out of the building, one of the two. So we'll have to wait and see what that comes to uh, on Sunday. But let's just go ahead and get to the task at hand and talk about this review of the Bears and the Chargers, an exciting game on Monday Night Football. (laughs) Let's go ahead and dive right in. To the first quarter knee-jerk reaction I kept this one short and sweet
1: knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Chargers after the first quarter and the tail of the tape for the Bears missed opportunities especially on the offensive side of the ball and the same problem persists the Bears get the ball into the red zone area and they can't finish first drive of the game resulted in a missed field goal from Robbie Gold from 47 yards out second drive we got all the way down to the 15 And a sack fumble on Jake Cutler by Melvin Ingram turned into a turnover. The Chargers have the football right now to start the second quarter. Their one main drive of the first quarter, about a 14-play drive, ended in a touchdown pass to Danny Woodhead. And that's where we sit right now, 7-0 with the Chargers on top. They have the football to start the second quarter.
0: So, like I said, missed opportunities, self-inflicted wounds, the sack fumble, uh, Charles Leno, who actually been playing very well. And even though Jermon Bushrod was active for the first time in, in quite a while last night, they went with uh, with Charles Leno at, uh, at left tackle instead of Bushrod, who was on the bench watching the game uh, this week instead of, uh, you know, being our starting left tackle, which is what we pay him $35 million to do. But, um, you know, Ingram very early on was kind of taking over the game uh defensively so not only was he putting on putting a lot of pressure on on jay uh in the beginning he was also one of those guys that was uh that we just seemed to not being accounting for uh in the beginning of the football game you know we'd, we'd run the football and we'd run it away from ingram but his you know he would be one of those guys that would come from behind and run the running back down uh you know cutting his uh, his run short and things like that so melvin ingram was being a real menace early on in the football game he blew right past charles leno on that on that uh on that play we we're like i said we we're at the 15 yard line in the red zone again and even though it was wasn't us settling for a field goal not being able to score not being able to finish has been the theme for the offense and it's what plagued us uh in the first quarter of the football game actually in the first half uh of the game uh quite frankly but um you know, in the first quarter, there were only, like, three main drives in that quarter, the long drive for the Bears that that resulted in the missed field goal for Robbie Gold. I mean, and he kind of – you know, when, when they showed the replay, it, it didn't look – like it was a bad snap or a bad hold you didn't see you know Robbie's plant foot slip or anything like that I just think he got a bad hit on it because it was it was pretty much dead to dead in the water from the moment it left his foot and uh you know it, it shanked wide to the left uh on him and uh you know it was a 47 yard kick so I mean as 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 money as he's been especially from distances like that this is it's not a gimme kick, no matter what. But uh, you know, usually if, if Robbie misses, you don't really see him miss badly like that. So, you know, you kept waiting to see something go wrong uh in the replay, and it just looks like he just got a bad got a bad swing on it, I guess, because it just uh it came off his foot wrong and uh, you know, he never really had a chance uh with it. So the Bears came away with nothing on the opening drive and the answer and the Chargers answered right back. It's pretty much what they did all night long, which was uh it was, uh, it was reminiscent of the old Mel Tucker defense where the Chargers were really exploiting the middle of the field uh, on the Bears. They weren't really going after our weakness, which so far this year has been our corners. They weren't attacking the outside uh, like a lot of other teams have, you know, going after Kyle Fuller, going after Tracy Porter or, or, uh, or, Ball, or Alan Ball, whoever was uh, playing at the corner position uh, out there, um, you know they were going after the inside the middle of the uh, of the field and they were getting some big yardage uh, off of it no matter who it was whether it was you know malcolm floyd in the beginning before he got hurt whether it was um uh stevie johnson or antonio gates or danny woodhead you know those kinds of guys always just you know managed to like if they needed five they found you know like danny woodhead would do kind of that that outside inside slant out of the backfield run across – basically run around the tackle and then back towards the middle of the field. He'd be wide open and he would get the yardage for the uh, for the first down. The Chargers kind of did that all night long um, uh, to the tune of about 280 yards passing uh, for Phillip Rivers. And in the first quarter, they just basically chugged it right down the field. And and uh, one of the few plays that actually went to the outside, uh, Danny Woodhead out of the backfield catches a 14-yard pass from from Phillip Rivers, and they just made it look easy, like this is what was going to go down all night long. But, um, you know, once again, the Bears getting the football, moving the football. They did what I've been wanting them to do the last couple of weeks. They were getting Martellus Bennett a lot more involved, especially in the second quarter. Alshon Jeffrey was having some issues in the second quarter, as you'll hear me talk about in this knee-jerk reaction for the second quarter.
1: Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter of the Bears and the Chargers on Monday Night Football, and the uh, the second quarter was uh, not that good, not good at all, actually. Um, Alshon Jeffrey um, earlier or in the in the game so far has been. Uh, unimpressive for the most part. There were two really big catches that he could have made uh, that uh, John Gruden uh, at first glance was giving all the credit in the world to the cornerback that was defending him uh, last year's first-round pick, Jason Barrett, uh, when in both instances, one play that should have been a touchdown on on that first drive the Bears had hit Alshon in the hands. The kid never came close to it. Uh, The second one also hit Alshon in the hands and the kid was trailing uh, from behind. Both catches uh, were drops. And then finally um, it looked, and you can't tell uh, if it was a bad throw from Jay or if um, there was a miscommunication on the route that was going to be going to be run there. But Alshon cut to the inside and Jay threw it behind him like he thought maybe he was going to go to the outside. Ended up being a pick six uh, for Jason Verrett, the guy that was getting all the love from Gruden on uh Uh, You know, when he shouldn't have been in the beginning. But um, he takes it back for a pick six, made it 13 to nothing. The Bears actually forced a turnover of their own and take that in uh, for a touchdown, a one yard touchdown pass to uh, Martellus Bennett to make it 13 to seven. And then the Chargers uh, were able to take the last drive of the first half, get it into field goal range to put one on the board. 16 to seven, where we sit right now. Uh, In the second half here, uh, the Bears are going to have to create some opportunities on defense um, because the... um The defense just right now is not getting it done it just seems like the Chargers are all in the zone when the Bears drop into zone the the Chargers there's always somebody open uh, moving the chains for them they're not really even running the ball all that well if at all uh, are the Chargers the Bears are actually not having much trouble moving the football at all today it's just as usual they're having trouble closing and getting the ball into the end zone so San Diego starts with the football and they have a nine point lead going into the third quarter
0: so going into the half the chargers had all the momentum going their way they had this two score lead they had the momentum of putting that one score on the board before the half and they seemed to be moving the ball at will basically scoring at will uh in the in the first quarter and you know to go back for a second to the pick six i watched the uh the post game press conferences and um I don't remember exactly. Now that I'm bringing it up, uh, I don't remember exactly what uh, what happened with that pick six. Um, I do know that I heard Jay's press conference, and basically he said he put the ball where he wanted it. He put it on the back shoulder uh, of Alshon. Uh, it, it just didn't uh, just didn't get where he wanted it, or you know I I, or something I guess there was a miscommunication maybe Alshon cut in or Jay thought he was going to sit or whatever the case may be but uh they you know John Gruden and Mike Tirico mentioned that they were talking to Verrett you know doing their little pregame interviews and such and Verrett said that he's been seeing a lot of that route and that not only was he going to sit on that route but he was going to pick it off and run one back and sure enough the kid did it but uh you know he was undeservedly getting a lot of love for shutting down alshon uh in the second quarter when it was alshon shutting himself down uh that first uh in the in the i think it was in the first quarter or early in the second one of the two where uh you know alshon had a jump ball situation in the end zone and at regular speed in the moment it looked like verrett made a good play as far as defending alshon when you go back and you look at it Varette is about five inches shorter than Alshon Jeffrey. And as he was jumping up, the ball hits Alshon in the hands with no interference whatsoever uh, from Varette. A very similar situation uh, on a key play later in the in the second quarter where Jay's throwing the ball, you know, threw it out in front of Alshon, who was doing an out route. And once again, hits Alshon in the hands. Verrett was there, but he had no impact on the actual pass itself. Alshon just dropped it. So, uh, you know, that's what I was saying when, when I when, – what I meant when I was saying that Alshon was, play, was very unimpressive in the first half. Uh, but he really came on in the third quarter quietly, actually, because at one point you'll hear me talk about it either in the third or fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction that somewhere, somehow – You know, granted, Alshon is a big play machine. When he does produce, he produces in chunks. But it's like all of a sudden he had caught nine balls for like 150 yards, and it's like, what? When did that happen? It was like I know he's been catching the ball, but really 150 yards—that just kind of came out of nowhere. That that number—that's a number I was not expecting. And um, you know, the other thing was Alshon set a record, a franchise record for the Bears last night. Um, The first receiver with three consecutive. 100 yard games which just didn't didn't sound right to me considering in 2012 when Brandon Marshall's first year on the team with the 1500 yard season that he had he caught 129 balls you mean to tell me he couldn't string together 300 yard games in that season when Jay wasn't throwing to anybody but Brandon Marshall in that year so you know that's that's what kind of made me surprised to hear it. Uh, The other thing I failed to mention in the first quarter, the one-yard touchdown pass to Martellus Bennett uh, broke the all-time touchdown passing record of Sid Luckman, Jay Cutler, now the most prolific touchdown thrower in the history of the Chicago Bears. So I was watching that game with my buddy Ross last night, and I was like, I don't know if that's awesome or sad, because it took the Bears 70 years to break Sid Luckman's record, and I guess it's both. It's awesome because Sid Luckman set a mark in the 40s when they they didn't even know what the forward pass was back then. But he set a franchise record back in the 40s, and it took us 70 years to break it. But it took us 70 years to break it in an era for the, at least the past 20 years. Passing has been the main focus point of most offenses in the NFL over the last two decades at least. So it took us 70 years... <laughs> to get to this point to throw and it's only 137 touchdown passes now i, I know that's that was the mark jay threw one died, tied it last week uh against the uh vikings broke it this week against the uh against the chargers so he's got 139 because he threw two touchdowns uh last night so anyway like i said going into the third quarter san diego had all the momentum they had you know they had a two-score lead um and had given every indication in the first half that this was going to be an easy game for them, that they were just going to keep rolling. But things tightened up in the third quarter. The Bears, once again, did not put any points on the board, um, but... They also clamped down pretty heavy on the Chargers and only gave up three.
1: Knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter of the Bears and the Chargers. And once again, the Bears moving the football into the red zone and coming away with nothing. Robbie Robbie Gold, a second missed field goal tonight. He missed one in the first quarter that ended the first drive, missed another one from only 34 yards. This time doinked it off the uh, – the goalpost uh, this time so the Bears come away with nothing no points and as Monday Night Football graphics team keeps reminding us the Bears the only team in the entire league without a touchdown in the third quarter this season the good news is the defense finally played some defense and kept the San Diego Chargers off the scoreboard in the third quarter so the score remains 16-7 to the Bears themselves finish off the third quarter uh, with a good looking drive Jeremy Lankford having an outstanding game so far uh 58 yards on the ground 70 yards through the air uh not really making us miss matt forte all that much up to this point um but we still haven't scored yet in the third quarter we're still down 16 to 7 but we are in the red zone again on the chargers and we really need to finish the drive off if we want to have a chance to win this football game as we start the fourth quarter down 16 to 7.
0: my bad i got my quarters mixed up there the bears Held them scoreless in the third quarter. It was in the fourth where the Chargers scored that uh, scored that extra uh, field goal. But as you heard me say, the Bears were in the red zone again. We needed to finish, and finish we did as part of a 15-play, 93-yard drive that started in the third, ended in the fourth, ate up over eight minutes of the clock, and ended in a one-yard uh, touchdown. Uh, uh, excuse me, one a one yeah one-yard run uh, from Jeremy Langford. Uh, on that one i mean it was just and it was an outstanding drive Uh, you know the bears did very very well uh on the uh on the drive uh moving the football down the field and you know jay was on fire uh, on this drive i think they said he didn't have i think they said it was like like eight for nine or something like that on the drive he was just uh he was just outstanding or like seven for nine something like that and um you know finished it off with uh with Jeremy Langford getting the uh getting the run uh for the touchdown and as you heard me say Langford was outstanding in this game and stop me if you've heard me say this before but I told you so okay uh I told you that Langford was going to be we were going to be fine without Forte as a matter of fact Forte is going to want to get as healthy as possible as quickly as possible if he wants to wear a bear uniform in 2016 cuz Couple of more performances like this from Jeremy Langford, and you know that decision will make itself. I, I you know, I honestly uh, believe that. I, I think that Langford is the real deal. The only real question mark we had about Langford uh, going into this game was his pass catching ability, and he had an outstanding catch. Uh, in I believe it was in the first quarter, a diving, fully stretched out catch that he made for about thirty yards uh, in the first quarter. I think it was on like one of the first drives of the game maybe when the, the first one that resulted in a miss for uh for Robbie Gold in the in the first quarter there but um you know he put all that to bet 70 yards receiving uh 70 plus yards on the ground that was a very Matt Forte-ish uh performance and you know if he can string a game like that together against uh you know because we've got two of the toughest defenses in the NFL coming up over the next two weeks with St. Louis and Denver you know They've been playing lights-out defense pretty much all season, okay? But like I said, with the Rams, we don't know if we're going to get Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde. Are we going to get the Lion or the Lamb, you know, in this game? No no pun intended, but, um, you know, which team is going to show up? Is it going to be the team that, that regularly destroys uh, teams like the Seahawks and the Cardinals? Are they going to get the ones that lay down? for the redskins you know and and uh things like that so uh that's what we're gonna have to wait and see on on sunday with them but you know the the third quarter like i said bled into the fourth quarter a 93 yard drive on that one and cutler engineered that thing from start to finish then in the fourth quarter is when re- things really got exciting and the Bears finished that one off in style and came away with the victory.
1: Knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter: the Bears and the Chargers, and a big fourth quarter from the offense, finally finishing the drives. Two big touchdown drives, a 93-yard drive at the start of the fourth quarter that got the Bears within two uh, on the uh, on the Chargers, made it 16 uh, to 14. A, uh, a one-yard Jeremy Langford plunge on, on that particular uh, drive. Got the Bears within two. Uh, they give up a field goal drive uh, to the Chargers, make it 19-14, to come right back down the field uh, once again, and uh, another really solid drive. Jay was throwing the ball really, really well uh, in the fourth quarter. It just seemed like everything started to go our way on offense in the fourth quarter uh, there. So some awkward-looking play that Jay threw a ball to just kind of just flipped it out to Alshon had a defender draped over his back and he caught the ball anyway. That was kind of how it was going for us in the fourth quarter and then finally to cap off the drive to give us the lead for the first time in the game, uh, Jay just an absolute bullet down the middle of the field, kind of stuck in the hands of Zach Miller and uh, you know, kind of rose in the end zone he was wide open down the middle of the field the Bears go for two and make it and that was our final score as the Bears just uh, shut down Phillip Rivers and the Chargers on their final attempt uh, to get the ball down the field to at least tie it and maybe send it to overtime they come up short and the bears pull off the victory 3 and 0 against the AFC West John Fox's old division as we beat the Chargers 22 to 19 Jeremy Langford an outstanding game in replacement for uh Matt Forte Alshon jeffrey uh Jeffrey quietly with like 160 yards receiving no no how he did that, um, you know, like I said, quietly, I guess you could say, because, um, you know, he made some catches, but I didn't know he almost put up 200 on the Chargers, so that's pretty crazy. And then the defense finally showing up in the fourth quarter, uh, in the second half, actually, only allowing three points in the second half so the Bears can secure the win. And uh, we go back out on the road, another tough road uh, uh, test next week at St. Louis versus the Rams, but for now we're 3-5, and five. And uh, we got a victory uh, to celebrate this week,
0: so like I said when 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 your team wins these close games, when it comes down to the wire, when things get exciting and you win, it's awesome. But like the last two weeks with Minnesota and Detroit, it sucks just as awesome you know as as awesome as it is to watch them win the close games, it sucks just as much to watch them lose the close games like they had. To Detroit and Minnesota and as you guys know especially for me with the freaking Lions I hate losing to the goddamn Lions because now that now that douchebag Schwartz isn't there anymore we still have Matt Stafford and I hate his face I just hate Matt Stafford and his stupid face and I hate losing to him and I hope that when we see him on January 3rd that we bury him under Soldier Field that's how many times I want to sack the bastard to start off 2016. I'm just saying. Anyway, um, you know, so the euphoria and all the happiness was there. Uh, going back to that catch with Zach Miller, um, amazing, amazing catch, actually. It, it, it really did. It, it looked kind of nuts. It was kind of uh, very like Magic Johnson-ish that the fact that it looked like it kind of came in behind Miller's head when, when Cutler threw it. Uh, it almost looked like he reached back behind his head to catch the ball, and um, you know it—it it, it appeared like it stuck in his hand when it showed the the replay in slow motion. Basically, Miller stopped the ball with his hand and then kind of caught it as it kind of fell down towards uh, his waist. But nonetheless, in regular speed, that play looked amazing—absolutely amazing. It was the catch of the night, so much to the fact that you know, and, and also it was the game winner. That's what won the game. Uh, for the Bears that's what put them up uh you know 20 to 19 and then the two-pointer um you know put us up for you know for you know securely uh that the Chargers would need a field goal to win the game uh after that but uh you know Miller was getting interviewed I think it was only maybe the first or second it was either the first or second catch he had in the entire game but it you know he saved the best for last he made that one count and I think I even heard that it was his first touchdown since 2011 with the Jaguars I think Mike Tirico uh, mentioned that after he uh, made the score but it was an amazing bullet like you could see flames come off the damn thing when Cutler threw it down the field Zach Miller uh, makes an amazing catch holds on to it into the end zone Jeremy Langford dives in for the two-point conversion. The Bears have the lead. And then in the fourth quarter there, when the Chargers are trying to move the ball down the field, Lamar Houston, with two huge sacks on the drive, you know, just end up shutting the, uh, start shutting the Chargers down. We hold true uh, in it that the turnover on downs come through. The Bears kneel on it, and we got our third victory uh, of the season. Third against the AFC West. And third, down to the wire victory, and the fifth game in a row, fifth game, dating back to our first win over the Chargers, fifth game in a row decided by three points or less because we had a two-point win over the over the Raiders, a one-point win over the Chargers, three-point losses to both Detroit and Minnesota, and a three-point win over the Chargers. So the one thing, you can complain about the record all you want, and you're justified in doing so because no one likes – no one likes rooting for a 3-5 team. However, in the last five weeks, the Bears have been in it until the very end, and it hasn't been decided until the end. And after, and you've heard me say this like a broken record, after what we had to endure in 2014, isn't this so much better than what we had to sit through last year? I mean, even in the games that we won, we walked away feeling like we lost just because the like we just happened to win. It's not like we put in an effort that was worthy of victory last year here you know you gotta love this team you gotta because they're fighters and they fight until the end and you know i can root for a team like this all day and all night you know all day long and uh, i look forward to rooting for them on sunday uh against the rams so i mean this is uh this is the team i can get behind you know the 2014 uh bears team with tressman and emery and uh you know what's his moron uh Cromer calling out Cutler like an idiot to the press and things like that with the the effort and everything that those guys put on the field last year put me in a spot I'd never been in in my whole life and I resent them completely for it which was you know in my the first time in my life I couldn't wait for football season to be over and with this team I'm dreading the season's end because I would love to watch this team play all the time um you know the effort that they put in the fact that they're in it at the end you know gives them a chance gives us as you know as fans a chance to root for a winning team uh and so on so uh you know i can watch this uh all week long and at this was at the very least what i wanted from the bears i wanted competitiveness i wanted them to be in the games cuz if you're in it then you have a chance win or lose at the end you know the better team will prevail but uh you know more times than not it's been the other team but so far this year You know, especially in the last five games, it's been interesting up until the very last moment. So, And I'll I'll take that. I'll take that. Even if we have to stomach a few losses, I'll take being in the game at the end over getting our asses handed to us one game after another like we did last year. So that is going to do it for the review of the Week 9 victory over the San Diego Chargers. What do you say we go ahead and wrap this thing up with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down and here we are wrapping up the show with bear up and bear down for week number nine bears over chargers 22 to 19 on monday night football and um you know, it, it, it kind of reminds me, before we get to the the, the awards here, uh, Matt Stanley, our guest uh, from Bolts from the, from the Blue on from SB Nation uh, this week, um, he did say the Bears would win in a, t- in a close game. However, he did say the Bears would get out to a big start, to a fast start and jump out early and the Chargers would have to come back in the end when, in fact, it went the exact opposite way. It was the Chargers who basically got off to a fast start and the Bears who had to come back and win it. Uh, in the end and and pull out the field goal I mean he got the deficit right because he predicted 29 to 26 but you know and the Bears won by three 22 to 19 but it went the opposite of how he said it was going to go with the Bears getting off to the fast start and the Chargers coming back late instead it was the Chargers who got off to a fast start and the Bears had to come back late uh, and take that one uh, from San Diego but no matter how it happens we'll definitely take it right Bear fans all right, so let's go ahead and get into these awards this week, some uh, very obvious ones. I know that, uh, you know, you guys can just pretty much just read this along uh, with me. You know, first one, obviously, bear up to Jeremy Langford, 72 yards rushing on the ground, uh, on 18 carries, So about four yards a carry, which is which is, you know, right where you want your running back to be. 70 yards uh, through the air in the football game and a touchdown, two point conversion on the ground. If you had him on your fantasy team, you were happy to do so because he got you a, a ton of points uh, on Monday night. And you know, like I said, I I thought and I feel I felt going into the game, Jeremy Langford is a better runner than Matt Forte because of the things that that I dislike about Forte's running style. And you know, as as good a great, let's just use the word great because he is. Uh, As great a uh, football player as Matt Forte is, his running style drives me nuts, and you guys have heard me talk about this for years. Instead of just running through the hole, Forte feels the need to get to the hole and then start dancing to try to shake loose the guy that's standing in front of him. When he is just as big, if not bigger, than the person that he's facing, just lower your head and run the bastard over. Uh, You're 6'2", 220, 230 pounds, just take him down. Because at the very least, your forward momentum will get you another couple of yards. Uh, and that's what I like about Jeremy Langford. Jeremy Langford does that. He hits the hole like he's supposed to hit the hole, lowers his head, and tries to get as much yardage as he can. This is what I've been in love with him f- uh, for uh, since the preseason. And he's doing it, and he made it count on Monday night. You know, I hate to, you know, I, I know that some of you guys think that I'm a forte hater. and In a way, I probably am. Um, it's just that... <sighs> I agree that Matt Forte is a great football player. I agree he's one of the better running backs in the league. I just, I just don't love him as much as some of these other experts do, or even as some as much as some Bear fans do. And games like Monday night with the Chargers and the way that Langford played um, are big reasons why, because he's replaceable. I mean, anybody in the NFL is replaceable, but Langford does the things that I like, and you know, Matt Forte, he he doesn't. So, but of course, when Forte is healthy, he's going to play. Langford's going to go back to second duty. But you know, I think that at, if he doesn't play on Sunday against the uh, Rams uh, and such, that that Langford can at least make a case to get mixed in a bit more often uh, in the offense. So we'll see how that all unfolds. But an outstanding game from Jeremy Langford, stepping up when we needed him the most. Going into a big game, we needed to get off the skid, especially with the what a, with two daunting games ahead. well, three, actually. With uh, St. Louis, Denver, and Green Bay before those last five games, that I think we can win at least four of to close out the year. So, hopefully, uh, we'll be able to uh, to get at least one or one or two victories out of this next three. That would be pretty sweet. But uh, big bear up to Jeremy Langford, an outstanding job uh, from him. Uh, bear down, got to go with Robbie Gold. Um, you know, those six points were were huge. Those were two. Um, you know, granted the offense did not finish the drives again the the problem that's plagued us from the start of the season but you know you got to score the points you can't just not walk away with anything and in those cases uh you know one was a bad kick and the other one looked good until the very last moment and then doinked off the the up up the the goal post the upright that's what it's called damn it the upright that's the word i was looking for uh bounced off the uh the upright end was no good. That's six points that we, you know, not only did we give up seven points on, on offense by throwing a pick six, we gave up, we you know, we, we walked away from six points uh, by missing two field goals uh, on, on, uh, on Monday night. So, you know, when, when your defense kind of struggles to be consistent because they were kind of weak in the first half, you know they were bending but not breaking in the second half before clamping down in the fourth quarter. Finally, um, you know when you're doing that, you can't put them in a hole. You know you can't put them in a hole. Also, when you're an offense that kicks more field goals than you're scoring touchdowns, you can't ab- you can't afford to put yourself in a hole by giving away points like that. So, but uh, you know Robbie Gold giving away those points by not putting them. You know missing out on the points by missing the field goals a rare slump for him I don't expect it to last um, but you know rare slump not a good time for him to be doing this you know at a point when we need the points the absolute most so uh, a rare bear down for Robbie Gould bear up to uh, Alshon Jeffrey. like I said quietly uh, 151 yards is what he walked away with uh, on uh, Monday night and I got to give a bear down to Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, like his performance early on in the football game, he, he dropped what should have been a touchdown pass. Uh, I believe that was in the first quarter, hit him right in the hands. And like I said, in, in fairness, in real time, in the moment when the play actually happened, it looked like Barrett made a nice play. But when you run it back in slow motion and you see what actually went down, Verrett had little to no impact whatsoever. Alshon just dropped the ball. It hit him in his hands. Verrett didn't get a finger on it. He didn't block his, Didn't get a hand in his face to block him from being able to see it unless Alshon wants to uh, blame it on the lights like he did for that uh, that interception in Detroit. Um, you know, Rasheen Mathis picked off that jump ball in, in Detroit uh, unless he wants to blame it on the lights in San Diego. There's no reason that he should have come down with it. It hit him right in his hands before he dropped it. So Um, that and the other catch and making this this Jason Brett look like an all-star when he wasn't doing anything except standing next to Alshon while he was dropping passes so bear down to Alshon Jeffrey for the beginning of the football game bear up to Alshon for coming through like a champ being the big play guy that we know he is and helping us getting it done in the uh in the second half um also bear down to Charles Leno, man dude we made the choice yeah, or I don't know if it's a permanent choice or if it's a temporary choice or whatever, but Bushrod was healthy, he was active, ready to play, and we started Charles Leno instead, and he uh, gave up a sack that uh, gave the football back to the uh, the Chargers and killed a very promising drive. We were at the 15-yard line when that sack fumble took place, killed a very promising drive. The Bears walk away with nothing in those first couple of drives because of that um, you know, like I said, self-inflicted wounds, missing the field goal, the sack fumble, you know, those kinds of things will kill the Bears against better teams. Luckily, we were playing against the Chargers, who are also not having a very inconsistent team, played by injuries, having trouble finding their footing uh, this year. Thankfully, we were able to endure and come back on them. So the the, the 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 mistake didn't hurt us as much as it could have, but it hurt us nonetheless. Same thing for Jay Cutler, but um you know i he played a little too well to be on the bear down list uh this week so but bear speaking of which bear up to jay cutler 354 yards two touchdowns the one pick six and he had the fumble when he got sacked by melvin melvin ingram however you know the fourth quarter you know kind of like the uh the kansas city game he didn't play all that great in the first three quarters of the kansas city game but came back and let us the two touchdown drives that won us the game in the fourth quarter. Same thing here with San Diego. The guy's just getting it done this year, you know, and, and yes, he's still turning the football over and you know, creating and creating those mistakes and, and whatnot. But number one, they're not killing the Bears. And number two, he is coming back stronger. And finishing stronger from those mistakes, unlike before, where you could just kind of tell that that mistake was kind of sticking to him, and you can just see like the, the, the funk of it was still kind of you know bugging him, that the, his attitude was affected by a mistake that he made earlier. He didn't have the amnesia that a quarterback needs to have when he throws when he makes a mistake like that. So he's uh, you know Adam Gase, uh, John Fox, and um, Lonigan, the uh, the uh, quarterback coach. Are doing an outstanding job. They apparently we've they found a way to to handle Jay and get him to have that amnesia, so he'll go back out on the field like it never happened and start throwing the ball down the field and doing what needs to be done. Because Jay is getting it done. He has been absolutely clutch uh, so far for us uh, this year. So, you know, I, I dare I say, you know, he should be the quarterback in 2016 because I think he's just playing too well for us to uh, for us to say goodbye. Either that or, as Jeff Dickerson has been talking about online uh, lately on the on the um, NFL Nation for the Chicago Bears uh, on ESPN, at the very least, his stock is rising so the Bears could get a decent trade package out of this. So, I mean, at this point, I would hate to see Jay go, but if it's going to help us build for the future, then, you know, maybe it's something else, just so long as it's not Jimmy Clausen that takes his place. But uh, amazing job from Jay. And it's rare, actually. It's rare. I, I would... You know, Would like to probably look this up at some point, but it's rare that Jay has a prolific day passing, and I mean he had 354 yards passing uh, on Monday. It's rare that he throws for that much and the Bears win because um, he had a huge day passing against the Lions, huge day passing, huge yards against the Lions. Of course, we lost that game. Uh, I think he even had some pretty decent yards against the Packers. You know, it, it's, it's, it's been a trend that you see. You know, the, the Bears tend to win more games when, when Jay is like 17 for 29 for 240 and, and a touchdown than they are when he's, three you know, 354 yards and three touchdowns and things like that. It's actually a pretty rare occurrence that Jay has a big day, you know, prolific passing day, and the Bears still walk away with the win. Um, Bear down, and this guy's might surprise you a little bit. But Vic Fangio, our defensive coordinator, um, you know, I, I give him uh, credit. I give him a thumbs up for making the proper adjustments into the second half because the Bears got a lot better. They they became more bend but don't break uh, in the second half. But that first half was not impressive at all. The the Chargers. I mean, we're lucky the Chargers didn't put more points uh, on the board. Uh, against us with the way that uh, the Chargers were moving the football at will, exploiting the middle of the field. I mean, it looks like the Bears kind of nipped that in the bud uh, in the second half. But uh, in the first half, this thing was, was really in a spot to get away from us early uh, with the way the Chargers were moving the football. Rivers kind of just commanding uh, the offense and moving it down the field and, and basically doing whatever he wanted. And, uh, you know, not uh, – I don't know. I just uh, – I, I I've, I like I said I give credit to Fangio for getting it together in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, dialing up the blitzes and getting after uh, Rivers to shut things down. But uh, you know, the it uh, the, like I said, the thing it could have gotten away from us very early on with the way the Chargers are moving the football, and I just thank God that uh, you know the Chargers aren't that good a football team this year, and we were able to uh, to endure what they dealt us in the first half so but uh, need need better than that Vic it was very Mel Tucker-ish the way that they were exploiting the middle of our defense uh, last night and that does not leave a good taste in one's mouth when you're reminded of the nightmare that was um, (laughs) was Mel Tucker so um, maybe I'm repeating myself here but to bear up to Zach Miller in case I haven't said that I feel like I have but uh, if I haven't then Huge bear up to Zach Miller, even though I think that touchdown was the only catch he made all night. He really made it count. It was an outstanding catch, and it was the game winner. So, uh, you know, bear up to Zach Miller, if not for the touchdown, but for the fact the guy has persevered and put himself in a position to be able to enjoy his career again. You know, he scored his last touchdown four years ago for uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and here he is. He had an amazing preseason last year has a foot injury that puts him on ir he sticks with it the bears give him another chance and we're reaping the benefits right now the guy does the grunt work he does the dirty work he is the blocking tight end uh and whatnot he does what the bears ask him to do and he gets to uh to have a moment like that this is what happens kids when you put the hard work in good things happen zach miller is proof of that so bear up to him uh for for getting the job done when he was needed last night and then finally after last year almost a year ago to the day as a matter of fact after a year ago Lamar Houston blows out a knee celebrating a sack that did not matter we were down like 30 points to the Patriots they had their practice squad guys on the field he sacked Jimmy Garoppolo and goes into a sack dance and blows out his knee and misses the rest of the season well (laughs) In this case, Lamar Houston did do a little bit of a sack dance, but he got to do two uh, two sack dances and three plays that helped us shut down the Chargers and help us close the game out in the uh, fourth quarter. So bear up to Lamar Houston. Uh, we only Those were the only two sacks that the Bears got in the game, but we got them at the most crucial time in the football game, and they came to us by way of houston and on those two plays houston looked like a beast he was actually kind of slapping that tackle around on the last one he just flat out bull rushed him and knocked him flat on his back before he got to rivers so an outstanding way to close out the game uh, for lamar houston good enough to make the bear up list on, on i think what was close to like the one year anniversary of him being the biggest idiot in the history of the franchise blowing out his knee getting a, a no, getting his first sack, a garbage sack in garbage time against garbage players when we're down by 25 points and then blowing out your knee in the process. So, yeah, he's not going to live that one down anytime soon. But with moments like this, it'll be harder to remember as time goes along. So that is going to do it for the Week 9 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Come back on Thursday. When we will uh, preview this week, number 10 against the St. Saint, Saint Louis Rams, we'll have Joe McAtee from uh, Turf Times in um, for the for SB Nation. I'm pretty sure I'm screwing that up. I know it's Turf Times or Turf Pride or something like that. I'm sorry. I'm not remembering it off the top of my head uh, right now. But it's for the St. Louis Rams SB Nation page. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the originers, originators of SB Nation. We will have him on the show to talk about Bears. Uh, I was going to say Caudles again. Bears Rams on on Sunday afternoon. So come back on Thursday for our talk with him. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Chicago Bears review.